This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. It's mentally yours from Ellen and Hi everyone and welcome to Mentally Yours, Metro.co.uk's weekly mental health podcast. I'm Yvette and today we're talking to Kate Johnson. She's a multi-business owner and entrepreneur. We're going to be chatting about depression and being your own boss. I have a photo booth hire business that I started in 2010 and then we franchised. Um, So we're we're now franchised in 2015, so we're a franchise organisation. However, that is very much face-to-face events, which obviously haven't been able to happen for over a year now. Um, So that is kind of on pause, really. Um, But during the pandemic, we started a different business, which is a SaaS company, software as a service business, um, which is all about video, video platform, 
um, for helping people to celebrate with one with another so they can send video messages. Um, that's kind of how it started in the consumer space. And, and now we've moved over to the business space where we're helping um, businesses to be able to do like sales videos and marketing videos um, without needing like a whole, you know, video production team. It's all kind of just making use of what you can on your phone and user generated content. It's just trying to make videos simpler for people, basically. I always think it sounds really glamorous when someone says they're an entrepreneur, um, mostly because that's sort of, I'm entirely basing that on films and I guess, uh, Dragon's Den and, um, The Apprentice and things like that, which actually, I suppose those, the TV programs aren't massively glamorous, but it's kind of exciting. There's the idea that you sort of come up with new exciting ideas and then could potentially make sort of billions off it or something. And the kind of, you know, the sort of swish kind of George Clooney ish type image, I guess, of an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. What's it like in real life, like the practicalities of it? Well, I guess, um, I mean, yeah, the, the glamorous side isn't there, but I, I guess what you said just then about making new ideas is is really true, actually, because I've, I've always kind of shied away a little bit from the entrepreneur word because it sounds so kind of grand and a little bit up yourself, I suppose. <laughs> but um, somebody said to me the other day um, that when we started uh, Video Works, which is the, the business we started in the pandemic, um, which we've just received investment for and, and it's going well. They said to me, they said, yeah, I thought you were nuts when you started that in the middle of a pandemic. And, and I, I think, I guess that's what entrepreneurs are. They're just people that, that do come up with crazy ideas. I mean, Smiley Booth, the photo booth company was, that was started at the end of, or sorry, during the, the other recession, the, the 2008, 9, 10 recession. And, and I remember people thinking we were nuts then as well. So maybe that's just what you have to be a little bit, a little bit loopy. <laughs> I don't know. But, um, but the day to day is just, um, I think the key for us is just being able to work from home and being flexible. Um, I quickly realized when I was employed that I, I didn't enjoy being employed. It, for me, it felt like being at school. And not that there was anything horrendously wrong with it. I just didn't like having to do the same thing day in, day out and be in the same place day in, day out and having to turn up at a set time. I I kind of, I like to do my work when I want to do it, if that makes sense. Obviously you have obligations, but, um, but yeah, that, I think that's the key for me in in terms of being an entrepreneur is, is being able to do the work I want to do when I want to do it. Mm. I mean, I relate to that as a freelance because it's sort of the the good thing is you're your own boss, but also the bad thing is you're your own boss. And, you know, at one point you can have lots of great projects and then other times you're sort of panicking. Um, Sorry, I imagine it's a similar thing sometimes with the business side of things. Very much so. It's definitely a roller coaster. There's, there's, yeah, there's no straight line. Um, I'm lucky to work with my husband. um, So the two of us kind of bounce off each other quite a lot. you know, I speak to a lot of other entrepreneurs that do do it by themselves. And I think it can be a very lonely journey because um, a lot of people don't understand what you go through. Um, you know, they think that it's easy. Uh, various different, you know, reasons for that. Oh, yeah, you just do X, Y and Z and make loads of money. And obviously it's not like that. It's it's a lot harder. So, um, so yeah, it's it's definitely a roller coaster ride, but it's exciting at the same time. Mm. Is there much of a community in terms of... Um business people or people in a sim- similar field or they're kind of entrepreneurs organizations especially for things around mental health or is that not something you've come across I think they're starting to be um I think it started 
a few years ago, or maybe even like a decade or so ago, with kind of networking, and that that's how kind of communities began in the in the business entrepreneurial space. You know, about networking and and using each other's services and selling to each other. But I think that expanded um, to become a support network for people. Um, I'm I'm part of several different kind of entrepreneurial groups that. They are more kind of practical help, um, but I think over the last year, again, due to the pandemic, people are helping each other a lot more on the on the mental health side of things as well. And just just being there to support one another, you know, there'll quite often be a a, a, like a a rant or a rave in in one of the groups I'm in where somebody's just, just venting really about a situation that they've got or you know, a customer that might have complained or a member of staff that's let them down or something, but it just feels like a safe space for them to be able to vent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that's definitely important. And where's the best place to find these groups then if people are interested, if there's any other exciting business people listening to the podcast? Um, they, To be honest, they do take a little bit of kind of um, digging out because it, it really depends on what, what works for you, you know, what, what kind of personalities like – that I just have groups on Facebook, but they tend to be not necessarily large, you know, um, well-publicized groups. I am in some of those as well, um, but it tends to be more of the smaller, you know, you just get told about it, word of mouth um, groups uh, where, it, you know, it may have been like a spin-off of, of something else or like a support group to do with, a particular project or something like that that's just evolved um so a lot of the time it is working out what what works for you um for example i'm i'm based over in france at the moment and i joined a um women in business in france group which um seemed lovely um and i'm sure it, it is in, in on the whole but it's run by um somebody that's quite power hungry and and wants to kind of put their their business in the forefront all the time and and it's not very kind of uh, welcoming so whereas on the surface that looked like a very good space to be you know for english-speaking business owners in france um that were female as well so but it just wasn't a good fit so i i think do you know do some digging look on look on facebook look on linkedin groups as well um but sometimes it just if it doesn't gel with you, don't think that all the groups out there are like that. You know, um, they'll they'll be they'll be your tribe, as it were, <laughs> as uh, as trite as that word can sound sometimes. But you you will find the right people. Um, so we haven't even started talking about the mental health side of things, which is <laughs> which is why we've got you on. Um, so um, you've suffered from depression in the past. How has that been in terms of your business and the sort of the working patterns? Um, I think that's probably one of the reasons why. I gravitated towards being able to work when I, when I wanted to work. Um, I mean, that makes it sound like I work like an hour a week when I feel like it, but I mean, that's not the case at all. I, I work very hard and, and, you know, sometimes end up working through the night, et cetera, as, as to what's needed. But, but just when I'm not feeling in a good space, I, you know, the worst, I remember when I was employed sitting through team meetings um and you know just wanting to hide under the desk because I just was really not in a good space to be there I wasn't listening to what anyone was saying I wasn't concentrating um and I was just thinking what with you know whatever dark thoughts were kind of circling in my mind at the time that was not a good place for me to be for myself but I was also no good for anyone else you know I was as 
moody person in the corner. So I think um, I think that's probably what led me um, to very much wanting to work, not necessarily by myself because I do collaborate with lots of people, but on my own terms. Um, and and I think, as you said, as a freelancer, that's it's becoming a lot more like that anyway. You don't necessarily have to be an entrepreneur or even a freelancer. You know, now again with the pandemic speeding everything up in terms of technology. Um, you know, people can work from home. And I know organizations that don't have people clocking in or clocking out. As long as they get the job done, it doesn't really matter to them. It's much more performance-based. Um, so I think that's definitely the plus side. Uh, you know, I mean, even uh, today I had a bit of a frustrating morning and I just I wasn't getting anywhere, so I just took myself off for a walk. Um, and, you know, I couldn't necessarily do that if I was in a, a kind of day job, as it were, in an office. Um, but then the downsides are, th- I think, are definitely the the loneliness, um, not from a point of view of physically being alone as such, um, but just that the, the kind of responsibilities and the weight on your shoulders is, you know, you're, a lot of the time, as I say, I'm fortunate I've got my husband as well, but a lot of people are carrying that solo. Um, and I think that that can be hard when, when, if you have mental health issues. Mm. Yeah. I'm just sort of thinking about myself. I guess it is, it's a bit hard sometimes. Most of the time it's fine. But I, but I suppose it's, I do feel at the moment, you know, that the job market is so kind of unstable anyway. And, you know, I don't feel like it. Actually, I don't want to bring everyone down with that. But, you know, I feel like if I was in a state, so-called stable job in journalism anyway, that might not actually be that stable. But um, so in terms of, uh, your depression what have you found helpful um in terms of managing it oh all sorts of things um I've, I've only kind of opened up about it really in the last I don't know maybe six to eight months um in terms of like a lot of my uh, acquaintances and peers probably wouldn't ever have thought that I've struggled with that um those closer to me obviously know um but I I, I felt Again, I know I keep referring to the pandemic, but it's it's such a you know life changing event for most people. Um, that, but I think that has really brought it to the to the front that I could help people by just sharing what helps me, um, and and also realizing that it's I I mean I've been I've been kind of managing it for uh, what are we now about twenty or so years twenty twenty four years something like that. Um, I'm realizing it's just never going to go away. And it is something like, I don't know, like um, arthritis or diabetes or something, something where you, it is something that you have to manage. You know, it's, it's not necessarily going to have a massive dreadful impact on your life, but it is something that you need to be aware of and how you react to certain situations and certain triggers. Um, And I've spent a long time working on that. Um, probably over the last decade because one of the most frustrating things I've found with um, with depression and, and I've never been officially diagnosed you know that's kind of very much kind of self-diagnosis um, but is the lack of control uh, and I'm by nature a bit of a control freak and I hate the fact that when I get in a certain state I can't change that and I, I feel like I've got no control over myself, over my mind, over my body. 
Um, and that drives me nuts. So um, so that's why I've kind of gone on this journey over the last 10 years of like, well, what causes it? When does it happen? Why does it happen? How long does it last for? Um, and what can I do to change it? And I've developed what I call my playbook, um, which is just things that help me. Again, it might not be the same for everybody. It's something that I plan to put into a book one day and hopefully it will help some other people as well. Um, but it's just a, a kind of a menu, as it were, of um, different things that have helped me. And it might it might not be that that particular thing helps on that day, but I can just try different things. And those things are things like um, CBT, so uh, Cognitive Behavioural Therapy, which comes in different forms. But for me, that's just writing down the things that are bothering me, journaling, um, just trying to get out of my own head and see things more objectively uh, to kind of silence the, the voices that are shouting at me in my head and just writing those things down. And if there are if there's a lot of negative thoughts or a lot of worry thoughts, which is normally the case with me, I tend to, to worry a lot, just counteracting them. Um, and sometimes and sometimes even in entertaining them. Um, well, if I'm worried about this, what's the worst that could happen? and take it down to, down that route because when it's written down on paper a lot of the time it's nowhere near as bad as I think it is um so that's one thing um uh, tapping or EFT emotional freedom technique I um do some videos on on YouTube doing that that can often help um yoga um making sure I'm eating the right foods I have over the over the years realized that certain foods do trigger me which is tends to be things like processed foods um uh you know uh, just foods that aren't very good for you like white white bread that you know um, that kind of thing i have to say white goods and I, my husband always laughs at me and says no that's a fridge <laughs> that's not food <laughs> and uh, exercise um it's if I'm feeling depressed, it is a hundred percent. The last thing I want to do is go do any form of exercise, but it normally does help. Um, does help a lot. Uh, getting out in nature, just, just going for a walk, um, can really help. I mean, as I say, this, I had a difficult morning this morning and I went for a run. I have, I have a lucky to have a treadmill, but it didn't do anything. Um, it, the endorphins, et cetera, just didn't work. So, I was grumpy for another hour or so then I took myself for a walk and going out in nature helped. So it won't necessarily be one thing. Um, but it's it's yeah, just trying different things that I know can work for me. Mm-hmm. Um it might also be just talking to somebody. Um uh it might just be just, you know, taking some time out, having a bath, watching a movie, uh, something distraction can be can be a great way of just I think to me it's just all about getting out of your own head because a lot of the thoughts that happen when I'm depressed a lot of the time aren't aren't that valid um they're just you know nonsense thoughts happening in my head that I just need to silence in some way um and distraction can can help that um you mentioned in there and that's lots of great advice you mentioned in there that um you haven't been officially diagnosed is that right Yes. Is there a particular reason why you sort of didn't have wanted to sort of speak to a GP about it? I have, I have in the past and I have had antidepressants in the past. So maybe you could say I've been diagnosed, but I've not, I've not been diagnosed with anything specific, you know, like, oh, you have bipolar or you have, um, you know, certain different, uh, 
types of depression. That that's what I mean by that. I have I have seen a GP not for a long time. Um, oh no, I say that actually. I did um, during the pandemic. I was struggling. Um, sorry, I know we're still in it. <laughs> I mean the, the the kind of height of that because of the the difficulties we were having with our business and things like that. So. I don't know if that was more of an anxiety, um, but I, I did seek help from my GP then um, just to kind of take, I think, to take the edge off. Because sometimes when, um, if, I'm, if I'm struggling particularly badly for a long period of time, um, I can't help. It's not that I can't help myself. It's, how would I describe it? Um, a lot of those things that I've just mentioned won't have the impact that they normally do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when I need. I know I need to kind of take a, a, a bigger step and ask for outside help, um, which I haven't had to do since since my early twenties until unfortunately recently. But that did give me the just the extra little push that I needed, and then everything else did work. Um, and I and I could get back on top of, of managing it. And I was taking antidepressants, but only for like a month. Um, and I came came off them. And as I said, prior to that, I hadn't had them since my twenties. So um, so yes, I, I think there's no shame in asking for help. And I think that's a big problem with people that are struggling with any kind of mental health issues. Is as much as there's all this awareness out there nowadays, and people like you are doing a great job of, of you know making people aware of it it still is a little bit of a taboo subject and something that people don't want to ask for help around. Well, um, so I think the fact that you sort of kind of downplayed your own sort of health issues a little bit there in terms of sort of saying, oh, you know, well, I don't have bipolar disorder. I mean, you're still, you've still been through a lot and you've still, you know, been through depression, obviously, and, and anxiety and, you know, you're still, still being on antidepressants and all this sort of stuff. It's, but it's hard. I know what you mean. It is, it is particularly hard, isn't it? Like depression is such a difficult one in terms of a lot of the time it will sort of feel like it, the disease itself is sort of telling you to not get help almost and that it, and that it doesn't matter mm. and that it's sort of just, oh, I'm only a bit, you know, it's only, oh, this is only mild depression or something, you know, like but the thing is you don't want to wait until it's suicidal depression. You know, that's, that's the exactly. worst thing you could do. You know, you want to sort of get help when things are sort of, you know, you know, things are sort of a bit tough. You don't want to wait until it's, you know, you're in crisis. Um, yes. I think I think also with me, definitely in the last few years, there's been an acceptance because um, prior to that, I would very much fight it. I would, I would, if I, if I felt, I guess what I could call an episode coming on. And when I say that, uh, I, I've never understood it. I've, I've not. I've not managed to get the answers that I want to. I'm still. I'm still very much researching, and I'm very kind of fascinated by the human brain. But when I say an episode, I, I class it as that because I get other symptoms. It's not just a, oh, I'm feeling down. I get physical symptoms along with it. I can see it coming a mile away, um, and that's just over, you know, decades. I've kind of got used to that. But I used to really fight it. I'd try. It's not happening to me. I, I'm ignoring it. I'm fine. You know stick a big smile on my face, everything's fine. And that would just make it 10 times worse. I'd end up just snapping at people. Um, and in, in the end, I'd end up just breaking down. So now I'm a lot better with being kinder to myself. And when I can see this this kind of situation coming, then it's just like I might, you know, cancel some non-important things that I've got going on. Um, I'll just have more me time. Um, and, you know, if I feel like 
curling up under the duvet and watching a movie with a glass of wine, I'll go do that. Um, whereas before, I wouldn't have. I, I would have, you know, and, and I'll say to my family as well, you know, just just give me some space. Um, I'm just feeling a bit blue. And, you know, it's the kind of thing I say to the kids, um, I'll be fine. And um, and it just, it sorts itself out so much faster by my, by me doing that. Um, it, it might be that I'm, you know, affected for a day or two at most and then I'm back to myself whereas before it that would trigger like a long week two weeks of being in, in quite a dark place so I, I think that the acceptance has helped a lot as I say I still don't understand it and I'd love to understand it and I think I think over the, the next however many years people will begin to understand it because of the awareness that there is now for for mental health and that we're beginning to treat mental issues just as you would physical issues um you know that that it is like i don't know uh, a misfiring in the brain or a wrong enzyme or whatever it is but there is something physically wrong um that needs to be adjusted and i, I think that's great because we're we're beginning to recognize that so i think there will you know over the next however many years that that will that will keep getting better um you know just like the research that people have been able to do on Alzheimer's, for example, we're beginning beginning to understand that as a as a mental um, something that can be done about it. It's not just something that you have to accept. And I think depression will be the same. Mm. I think it's really in- interesting that you mentioned in there about the physical symptoms. So we've had um, guests on that mentioned mm. that as well in terms of physical symptoms and depression, because I think that's the side of things that a lot of people don't realise. They sort of just assume that depression is all about feeling very low and not wanting to get up and and you know it can be um but what were the physical side effects that you have will have had that's really interesting because I've not heard anybody else say that so I'm I'm glad to hear that <laughs> there are others <laughs> um I, with me I get um so I'll, I'll feel very kind of you know anxious wound up um fed up uh you know uh not aggressive as such, but agitated is, is probably the right word. Um, and but that will quickly follow by feeling exhausted um, and just like literally want to go to bed. And I'm and I'm not that kind of person. I don't nap. <laughs> I, in fact, I, I don't like napping. It always makes me feel worse. But I just really just want to be horizontal. I, I get very, very tired, which just comes over me very, very quickly. Um, I also get very thirsty, which I've think is a really strange um you know symptom or whatever it would be physical physical uh, attribute um I get quite shivery so like cold and shivery a bit like a bit like how you feel if you're coming down with something um you know kind of like just just a bit shivery and out of sorts um and and yeah just kind of just tired and achy and I guess it, it very similar to as I say if you if you're coming down with something um apart from the thirst which I always find a bit bizarre <laughs> Um, I think I'd like to finish up by kind of trying to merge the two because we've talked a lot about your business side of things and entrepreneurs and we've talked about depression. Um, But what do you think could be done to sort of support entrepreneurs and people in business in general um, in terms of mental health? More communication, open communication for people around um, mental health, like support groups. in in the entrepreneurial space, I think, um, or business owners, um, or freelancers, because we all have our own challenges in in the different kind of industries. Um, and I think individually, the 
biggest thing that people can do is just realize that everyone has got their own battle um and you know don't assume just by looking at the outside that people are necessarily okay um because i think i think that's just such a um mistake to make with people really because you've got no idea what's going on behind closed doors and you've got no idea what's going on in in somebody's mental state just because they look like everything's rosy um you you just don't know and I, i think that that's really important because that's the danger when when you see um or, or you hear of people taking their lives, etc. A lot of the time, you hear like, "Oh my goodness, I had no idea," and it's like, "Well, you didn't really take the time to ask, or, or you know, not necessarily ask, but just look a little deeper. You know, look beyond that kind of surface level and just check that people are okay. Um, if somebody's not turned up to work, or they've cancelled a meeting, or they seem stressed, you know, just just ask, just see how people are doing, um, and don't assume that." your problems are bigger than someone else's because that's that's really not necessarily the case and especially at the moment um you know there's that famous saying i've no idea who first said it but someone said that we're we're all in the same um storm but not in the same boats i think that's so so true and this the, the last year has taken people on so many different paths that they've never expected and they've never had to handle before um you know completely new challenges that none of us are equipped for um so it's just yeah just about making making it not about you um and and checking on other people and i also would say that people um with mental health issues you need to do something about it uh, as i say a lot of people just kind of either brush it under the carpet this isn't happening as 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 I used to do, um, or or don't kind of recognise it, or wallow as well. And and I, I, that, I know that's a kind of a an unpopular opinion um, because those pe- people are suffering, and um, you know it, it is a very difficult place to be. But at the end of the day, you have to help yourself. Um, you can't rely on other people to to do it for you. Um, and if if you're struggling, you need to do something about it. And whether that's as I say, seeking help or just talking to somebody or just saying, you know, I, I've, I've got an issue here, I need help. There's no shame in that. And I think that's that's the biggest problem is that we we don't look after ourselves. We don't take take the initiative and think something needs to change here. And it could just be as simple as changing your diet. That makes such a massive impact on on mental health issues. Um, it, it, it could be that simple and, you know, your life would be very different. So, yeah, just taking responsibility for yourself, I think, is important. Thanks, Kate. Um, just before we wrap up, I realise we haven't mentioned your podcast. Um, so tell us about your podcast briefly. Um, it is the Smiling Entrepreneurs. It's um, me and my husband, and it's very informal. We just have a, a cup of tea <laughs> and sometimes a glass of wine in the evening um, and just chat about business, uh, entrepreneurship, marketing, uh, juggling business with two kids, um, travel because we full-time traveled for 18 months before the pandemic stopped everything um and yeah we, we just it's very informal it we were doing a daily show um during the like the last four months but um since we've had invest, investment on the on our second business things have ramped up a bit so we've not managed to commit to daily so anymore but uh but it is a regular show and it's um yeah i hope it helps people it's just for other people in business to um, you know, maybe get some hints and tips on on what it's like behind the scenes. 
this is goodbye from mentally yours. So go away, enjoy your day, get on with all your chores from mentally, 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 mentally yours. Mentally yours. Mentally yours. If you've been affected by any of the issues we've discussed today, you can give the Samaritans and Ring on 116123. If you like Mentally Yours, you can also find us on Twitter. We're at MentallyYRS. We also have a lovely Facebook group, which is just called Mentally Yours. And if you really liked us, you could do us a massive favour and give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It's much appreciated. Uh, helps us, you know, continue doing what we're doing. So please do rate and review and check back in next week for more Mentally Yours. Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a $1 trillion tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK.